Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football Game Source and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcasts or Pop Culture Cosmos or PCC Multiverse or State of Pro Wrestling or Inside Sports Fantasy Football or anything that we do here as far as the Pop Culture Cosmos Lakers Fast Break Continuum. And if you could go ahead and support all that, plus on our Facebook page, please follow and like. On our Facebook page, please follow and like because you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with shows, but also the latest news and pop culture right there for you on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And to get an overarching view of what we do, go ahead and check out us each and every week at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend, and he's the guy I need. Just the guy that's been such a great part of this show for so many years, my fellow host in crimes. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the happyhoardercollectibles.com. Happy hoardercollectibles.com where you can get a discount with the discount code happy holidays 23 get 10% off your full order today it is josh peterson what's up man what's up man how you doing we uh we missed out last week so uh just you know missed it missed talking talking pop culture things and uh the game awards was pretty exciting i know we're gonna get into that um Also, like, there's been some unexpected things going on here in the box office. Like, I would never have assumed that a Godzilla film would do as well as Minus One has been doing. Well, that was until this weekend, my friend. <laughs> but still, though, like, a ja- a Japanese Godzilla film doing this well in the States is is pretty outstanding. Yeah, that's true because it's not the true. Yeah, it's not. It's not a domestic release per se. It is, like you said, a true Japanese release. But there was an even bigger surprise at the box office this weekend with the winner also a Japanese release, but a very historic one, perhaps. And we'll talk about that on the show as well. But you're right. Uh, I want to ask you about. So, okay, before I go into my stuff in regards to what I've been catching up with. Uh, also, what you and I hopefully will go ahead and you know think about what we're going to see or target as far as movies for the rest of this year before we get into our best of. Uh, okay, I want to hear your thoughts on the Godzilla because it's very confusing if you're a general individual out there, general consumer. You see this Godzilla plus one, but you also see the Godzilla that's coming that came out on Apple as far as that series. And isn't there another Godzilla on the way? Try to just you know, clear the confusion on what's going on with all the Godzilla stuff that's being produced right now. All right. So here, here's, here's how I know it to be Uh, Godzilla minus one is the first like Japanese uh, Godzilla film to come out. I want to say it's like 10 plus years. If I have my information correct there. Um, Monarchy legacy of monsters is an Apple TV plus show. And 
I, I'm actually uh, I'm a couple episodes into that one right now. I haven't haven't finished it, but that one actually takes place right after the Gareth Edwards film. Okay. So it's and I don't know how much of the time span it caught it's or how much time it spans, but that is part of the you know the American uh, version of Godzilla, which kicked off with Gareth Edwards' film back in. It has John Goodman mm-hmm. in that one. Is that correct? John yes, Goodman has only. He's only been in one episode so far. And it's just yeah, a, a it's just a cameo quick, per se. Yeah, right just a quick ode to the uh, Kong Skull Island. This is mainly um, Kurt Russell, his son, and other actors dealing with the the aftermath of what yes, yeah, and really cool too because uh, Kurt Russell's son plays Kurt Russell when he was younger, so that's a neat little, um, neat little ode there. And then there, yes, there is Kong versus Godzilla. The New Empire. The New Empire. No, it's not Kong versus Godzilla. It's Kong X Godzilla, the New Empire, I think. Yes. Yeah, Godzilla X Kong, the New Empire. I got it right here in front of me. Yeah, it's like when, when like, Nike does a crossover with something. It's like Nike X or Vans (laughs) X or whatever. Um, So, but... There is something that stands out that's, you know, I want to get your thoughts on that trailer in a minute, but something that stands out with Godzilla minus one, like I, I think, and I could absolutely be wrong about this, so feel free to call me out, but the this is the first time a Japanese Godzilla film has been done using CGI. Like this is the, usually they have a Godzilla is a man in a, like, you know, a suit, but this is the first time that I've seen a CGI Godzilla in a Japanese film. Because I think the last one that I saw, and I don't know if there's one that came out before that, but it was Godzilla 2000, and that one still had somebody in a suit. Okay, that uh, that that's the case. Then that, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a, amazing that the movie is. It's garnered about 25 million domestically. It obviously it's done very well overseas, uh, so definitely some good numbers for that. And like you said, it's all bonus. It's all extra stuff when it comes to yeah. what Godzilla can do here in the states. And so far, it's earned about $50 million worldwide. I do want to mention uh, that when it comes to Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, that is coming out in late April, April 24th of, or it's it's April of 2024, April 12th to be exact on that one. And then there was also an anime series that debuted this year on Apple TV called Skull Island basically from the the skull um, island movies yeah because there was also another anime series on netflix i forget what it's called but that was i don't know if that was tie, if that was a any sort of tie-in or whatever to the mainline um it doesn't look it doesn't appear to be the case because i don't see it listing standpoint. in the same lines as godzilla x kong the skull island and Mon- monarch legacy of monsters is i believe re- relating to the godzilla x kong if i'm not it's it's showing that at least it is so okay well let me ask you this this uh, last question before we move on here uh actually it's a two parter what did you what first one what did you think of the trailer for kong x godzilla or godzilla x kong whatever it's called i saw it of course they got to get you with the what the the new baby yoda with the <laughs> baby right, right. baby Kong, you know, it's got to go ahead and just like they went to the George Lucas School of Merchandising. So you got to go ahead and produce something cute out there. So because oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. A, a right. 70 foot baby gorilla going to beat you up. Yeah. And eat you. Yeah. That's awesome. But it looks all right. 
Uh, again, I'm not a huge Godzilla Kong fan. I could, I, I guess I'd say if, if one, I'd side with Godzilla a little bit more. Because I actually, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch some of those old Japanese Godzilla films uh, on my local L.A. station back when, when I was a kid. So I'd probably say I'd lean towards Godzilla. Kong has never really just got me, you know, amped up when I saw the, you know, the 1970s Kong movie and then the later Kong reincarnations. Just, you know, even Peter Jackson's Kong, you know, reincarnation. That's not really moved me in any ways, but I know they are appreciated and they're loved. And I'm seeing this, though. I just, is there a glut, though, when you produce so much foreign or domestic, in this case, Kong, Godzilla stuff within a short amount of time. Don't you think it's uh, cannibalizing itself with the fans out there? Uh, yeah, I think it has a tendency to. Yeah, I keep looking at it. You know, this is Warner Brothers and Legendary, so obviously not related to Universal at all. But but then you got I the Apple think... TV stuff as well on top of it. Right, right. And that that is connected. Like That is canon. But I keep thinking about it. Is and I and I wonder is the the monster verse or the monarch verse or whatever it's going to be called? Do you think that that is basically going to become a the new Fast and the Furious? If it doesn't make enough money, no. We have to see how you know the one in April is the key. That's obviously of all these Godzilla slash Kongs or Godzilla X Kong movies. That is the key. If that's coming out at April 24th uh, and the April 13th of 2024, that is coming at a time where there is no big May Marvel release. So right. by the time that first week of May hits, a lot of people may still want to go see that. If that is the case and it's still a hit by that time, then obviously that's going to continue a long line of Godzilla X Kong movies were separate or together. I think that's yeah. going to be the case, whether or not it, it does hit, that's going to be remain to be seen. But one of the reasons why it may not hit is because there's been so much given to the public again, foreign or domestic Godzilla slash Kong stuff that's been thrown at them in recent times. I think that if there is a slowdown or a, you know the fact that the movie doesn't hit with all with all audiences out there that could be a reason why but if there's a thirst or a hunger for it we'll definitely see the case come april yeah yeah well because i i you know i look at it like fast fast and the furious right like fast x i i just started the other day i got 15 minutes into it and i told myself i was like that was two hours of pain man yeah is is too i'm like this is too much and I, nobody I, dies I, in fast x <laughs> nobody there, dies yeah. in fast and furious Spoilers, I, nobody actually dies in the Fast and Furious movies, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, for real. And I sat there thinking, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to save this for a night when I'm incredibly bored. Yes. And even still, that might be too much. But the Fast and the Furious, is, it's 10 movies of stories that don't didn't necessarily need to happen. You know, and that's kind of what Godzilla, these Godzilla movies feel like. But I, like, I look at it in the way that it, it will probably succeed because... It, we had Godzilla vs. King Kong released during COVID, and it still garnered enough viewers to justify making more stuff. And it did. So we'll see what happens, my friend, when Godzilla x Kong, the new empire. You know, you got to be like a really hardcore nut to keep all these straight as far as the variations between Godzilla, 
between King Kong and then their combinations together as far as all the movies that take place. It's just absolutely you have to be on top of it as a fan. And that's a lot of work, Josh. And I'm a, sometimes I get afraid when, like we're seeing with Marvel, that if it requires homework to actually <laughs> watch and enjoy, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, no, I I know, man, and I, I keep yeah the same thing with like there's Aquaman coming out and uh, you know whatever's next with Marvel. I know when when Daredevil drops or Echo or whatever, like I'm gonna have to go back and watch the stuff that I've missed. Like I'm gonna have to go back and well, watch Echo. Hot they Rocket. they advertise on Marvel that you don't have to watch anything else. But it's a Marvel Spotlight I, series, and they tell you not they you don't have to. Right, right, but I have story ocd and you know this right yeah, so like i'm gonna have to go in and find out like oh well it is king i'm, d- I'm just letting you know that go. is their exact pitch and that's there's actually their trailers that they told you say you do not have to watch anything else in the mcu to enjoy echo that's all i was told i'm just yeah curious. yeah and i'm i'm sure that they did a good job keeping it several but it's the character connections that get me like i have to know even like back when I read comic books, I'd have to, I looked at something that's like 10 issues in. I'm like, oh crap, I got to find the other issues one through nine because I want to see what, ha- how this ha- happens. So anyways, that's a, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of backtracking that I feel like I have to do with that and Aquaman, right? Because I still have not finished. I got like halfway through Shazam 2, never finished it. Um what I, oh, I did watch Blue Beetle, so I'm good. Actually, I guess I just have to watch Sam too to kind of finish off my foray. Yeah, but it doesn't movie. matter. It's a it you're you're watching a universe that's going to be dead in a matter of you know months because James Gunn has a completely entire DC universe and in, in vision. And for instance, even Jason Momoa, even if Aquaman two scores a billion dollars again at the box office. It doesn't matter because he's already moving on to Lobo, you know, and uh, Jason and James Gunn is looking for new people to fill out those roles with the Justice League. Yeah, I'm curious if that stuff in the that happened in the end of Flash is going to like stand because remember it had I don't, know, I don't know if you watched it, but it had Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa basically saying like in every world you and i look exactly the same so i wonder if that's just going to be scratched or if they're going to somehow incorporate them into this new world i don't know it still remains to be seen i guess but um yeah i don't know i, I hopefully aquaman 2 will put a nice ribbon on the snyderverse but who knows they got to go ahead and make sure constantine is a hit that's the one i think you and i mm. both want to make sure constantine Absolutely. 2 and the return of keanu reeves and then if it is James Gunn has to incorporate that into the DC universe going forward. We need a Justice League Dark. Absolutely, indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on the Kong slash Godzilla or Godzilla X Kong universe? Whether it's the movies are made like the most recent Godzilla Plus One movie in Japan or the ones here made here domestically like the Monarch series that's now on Apple Plus, Skull Island that's now on Apple Plus, Plus also as well, the Godzilla X Kong, the new empire coming up in April of next year. Please share us your thoughts if you're excited for all the stuff, catching up with it, or you have something else in mind with your time instead of Godzilla X Kong. Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. 
for the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, when it comes to what you're looking forward to this holiday season, because we're you know at the end of the year coming up here pretty soon, going to be doing the best of and all that, but it's awards movie time, and the award movies are actually starting to come out here in recent weeks. You've seen Killers of the Flower Moon, which has gotten a lot of critical raves. You've seen Napoleon. You've seen uh, other movies that have come out that are vying for that title. Poor Things is coming out, which has been very highly reviewed and highly thought of and highly praised before it has even come out the iron claw which actually recreates the story of the von von erics a famous wrestling family from texas that is supposed to be garnering some great praise that comes out here in a matter of days as well so your thoughts my friend along with aquaman wonka there's still several movies that have yet to come out officially or in wide release for audiences out there here domestically your thoughts on what you want to catch this winter my friend honestly probably the only movie i'll probably be going to see if i do get out to go see a movie is aquaman uh aquaman 2 i there are a bunch of movies i still want to catch up on from this year and i will probably be hopefully be spending some time you know watching those trying to catch up i did finally catch uh, my big fat Greek wedding three. I see why it, you know it didn't do so well, but also like I, you know, I'm a fan of that franchise, so I enjoyed it a little bit. All right. Well, I know again. I have. I was told by my good friend Mr. John Orlando from the State of Pro Wrestling and the PVD Cast. I have to try and see, make my way through to see the Iron Claw with Zac Efron uh, because of my days watching the actual real life Von Eriks back in the eighties. So I have to definitely give that a shot. I also want to make sure I catch killers of the flower moon, obviously Napoleon. Uh, I want to ch- catch most of these highly regarded films before they go ahead and hit the end of the year. As many as I can try and catch. If any of them come to streaming service, I'm going to be jumping all over it, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a year where it's been a lot of financial disappointments, but I'm hoping that this year will end up strong. I don't have faith, though, my friend, in that, because the fact is when the movie like The Boy and the Huron from just absolutely revered Japanese visionary as far as anime is concerned, Miyazaki himself, Miyazaki-san, absolutely fantastic film. It's been rated very highly. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people have been drawing to it. It does, and it will lead the box office, which is a huge get. But the thing is, it's only got $12 million to the box office, which is huge for an anime film, my friend. But for you know the general audience at large, when a, when a movie like that is the number one box office domestically, it's $86 million worldwide. So it's already made a ton of money. But in Miyazaki's last, what he said is his last anime film, it's great that it gets number one, but doesn't speak well for the rest of the box office. Okay, to be fair, Miyazaki's been saying that for a long time. and He, he said just, on his last one in 2013, I think, he, true, yeah, correct? He just keeps coming back. But yeah, I mean, he's people love him. And I, I'm a big fan of his films, too. I don't got, you know, I'm not, I'm not as big of a fan as a lot of people out there. Um, 
but you know i do think he's a brilliant filmmaker and he creates things that span across or that that reach different generations of people so i think that that's that's great we we need more filmmakers like him and there you know there are a few out there that you know they've come out with things that have been you know relatively successful in the box office um you know weathering with you and uh call uh was it your name or whatever that other one was called so yeah. it, you know there there are some things out there but uh yeah i don't i i, I don't know i think that we uh i'm glad to see that it's doing the num doing the numbers that it's doing and i'm sure that'll be one that slowly uh increases until we see it reach streaming services all right, we'll see what happens, though. It is garnering a lot of attention. It is closing in on $100 million worldwide. It is The Boy and the Haron, Miyazaki's supposed last anime film ever. He's such a great artistry. He has such a great history of films and filmmaking. Hopefully you get a chance to see it, or if it comes to streaming platforms, definitely want to go ahead and make your way out for it. It is The Boy and the Haron. It is now the number one movie at the box office with over $12 million this weekend domestically and now approaching $100 million worldwide. But before we head to the break, my friend, when it comes to what I'm seeing and what I would like to see still, Netflix uh, giveth and taketh away. So they giveth us a good movie, hopefully coming up in Rebel Moon, speaking of DC and the Zack Snyderverse being kicked to the wayside. He's creating his own universe coming up later this month in Rebel Moon. I know you and I will be talking about more later this month, and I'm excited to see what's going to go on with that because it's still being thought of highly as regards to like special effects and things of that nature. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing part one of Rebel Moon or actually part one of this universe that he's telling called Rebel Moon later this month. What are your thoughts on Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon before we head to the break, my friend? Uh, I'm actually pretty excited about it because there's, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, there's a lack of science fiction movies in Hollywood Absolutely. or ones that Mass are Mass Effect, Mass Effect, anyone? right, right, it, or at least movies that are done with like the backing of of a big studio. Like, we don't get a lot of those. Like, Dune was the first thing that we've had to get our beaks wet in a long time. I mean, there's Star Wars, but you know, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I remember I'm, seeing I'm, the last Skywalker. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> in our <laughs> famous we, ad that yeah, we still, we I still run to this one. day. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I, I'm excited. Yes. To answer your question. I am excited about it. The, the world looks cool and you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, Charlie Hunman, you know, as we talked about with, uh, King Arthur, you know, but actually he's great in other things too, let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, he has I, the I like... more subdued Han Solo like role. What is he's not the lead in this. So that's no, kind of he's intriguing. not. The... Yeah. Yeah. He's not the lead, but like, I think that he could play a very good supporting character and this, uh, it'll be interesting to see this world unfold because especially like it has a, has a female protagonist. So it's like, it, you know, has like those Ray Skywalker vibes going on to it. So we'll see if, um, you know, hopefully they will make a story that outshines Ray Skywalker. And, and Demon Hansu, one of my favorite actors, is also in this as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do in this film. Like you said, with Charlie Hunman, uh, I, I, 
I have uh, you know a great affinity for the acting of Demon Hansu. has been he's been really tremendous in in so many different roles over the years. So definitely looking forward to see what him and Charlie Hunnam. Anthony Hopkins is the robot in the film. So he's a play, He still has the voice for the robot, which is interesting. And there are so many more familiar faces in this. And absolutely want to see what Sofia Botella does in the role as Cora in Rebel Moon Part One. A Child of Fire. So definitely looking forward to it later this month here in a matter of, what, less than two weeks. Looking forward to it. But before we head to the break, I want to make sure you know as well, I got a chance also as well, speaking of Netflix movies, just came out this month, Leave the World Behind. So, okay. I watched this film, my friend. Yeah, I was curious about that movie. So, You Leave the World Behind is currently the number one movie on Netflix right now. And how do I say this nicely? I think when it comes to this movie, the director went to the school of M. Night Shyamalan, but it is M. Night Shyamalan light. And I mean very light compared to the tinges of horror that M. Night Shyamalan you know, puts out there. Uh, it does have what, an excellent cast in Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon for starters. And the thing is, though, that gets me is you have all this great talent. I really wish you would have given them something more to do. It still reminds me a lot of the uh, what the movies from two, three, four years ago with Netflix, where they just like they looked like they were filming it on a weekend in like two or three places. And that's it. I have a feeling that's all they did was filmed it in two or three places. And that was pretty much it. It does not look like it cost a whole lot of money, but if it's getting this kind of return, does it really matter? My friend? Uh, no, I mean, it, it did. And I, I think that that's a lot of things on Netflix. So like they don't cost that much money to make and they garner enough intrigue to make a return. And then some also, you know, the, what was Sorry. What's the movie called again? It is Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind. So that's actually the first movie put out by Obama's film production company. Yes. And so a lot of people have been like, what do you call it? Like anxiously anticipating like what that's going to look like. So I don't know. I mean, if it if it's good, you know, that's that's great. So it's all right. It's it's like I said, it's very he went to the class of M. Night Shyamalan. And probably gets a C for it. Would be my, would be my estimation. Um, so I, I'd probably say it's something that, yeah, it's light fare, it's all right, uh, but it it never wants to go outside of just poor, you know uh, explicit language. It never really wants to go into depths where it could have gone, and it just it's it's there. It's not bad. It's not great. But it just with all the talent that's on there, you kind of want something more, my friend. So is it, I'm sorry, so are you saying it's it's family friendly or it's not family friendly? It's not family friendly. It's still, it's okay. a lot of F-bombs, you know, but gotcha. basically right. the the theme is supposed to be a lot heavier, but you could have seen, you know, in a, okay, let's do this to the, um, the movie that was earlier this year with Dave Bautista, Cabin in the Woods or Cabin mm-hmm. in the House, you know, that one, that, the one that yeah. he was there, that one had a very, that was M. Night Shyamalan, that's had a very supernatural feel that was willing to go places a lot more than this one does this one tries to tinge a little bit in that direction but uh, it does not 
go, I think, as far as it gets tame by the end. It gets very tame, uh, you know, in what it tries to go ahead and do as far as how it goes about it. And ultimately, the message is just, okay, we know what's coming up. We know as far as, you know, the things that are said in it, the themes, that's fine for what it is. But again, it doesn't, you feel the, with the actors and the type of material that was given, it could go a lot further than it did. Okay. All right. So I, first of all, cool, bro. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, I think about that happening a lot these days. Though. Would you agree that a lot of movies start out with like this big, you know, these big intro scenes and these big climax scenes, but very few of them know how to properly end. Yeah, and this one you'll you will not like the ending because it just it, it's not this it just falls flat. The ending mm -hmm. just falls flat a little bit, and you know just just the use of the actors. I think that's the biggest deal for me. You have all this great acting talent, Kevin Bacon. Uh, you have Mahersha Ali, you have, yeah. uh, you know, you have uh, Julia Roberts, you have Ethan Hawke, all these great actors, and you just could do so much more with it. And it just seemed like they were just all there shooting for a weekend. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that we talked sounds... about this before with Netflix films, the Ryan Reynolds yeah. films look like they were shot in a weekend. Uh, Oscar that's Isaac, I believe a shot one. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, just yeah, that's that's pretty par for the course for Netflix films. Chris Hemsworth hey, looks like he just goes, yeah. shoots a couple bad guys, and there you go. Yeah, gets a nice yeah. paycheck out of it. Again, though, like that's the formula they're going for, and it, it seems to work for people. Like people keep they they made a second extraction film, so I mean, <laughs> you know, that's doing what it's supposed to do. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Before we move on to talk about other things outside of film, they just announced that the next arc of Demon Slayer is coming out in February and they're going to be doing a world tour so you can catch it in limited theaters across the United States before the new season premieres in February. So it's going to be a pretty packed spring for for uh, moviegoers. Well, I can't wait for that. My my daughter, my youngest daughter is still a Dragon Slayer a Dragon Slayer fan, Demon Slayer fan. Is she still a, very much a Demon Slayer fan? And she and I watched the first two seasons and wa have seen the movie. And after it, just this big long break mm -hmm. in Demon Slayer. And I'm not sure if she'll get that energy back for it, but I'll let her know. And hopefully that will go ahead and, you know, because I enjoyed really watching it with her and getting into that series. Yeah. You know, what's crazy too is that that. You're, you're talking about her getting that energy back like that. The same thing has been happening with Demon Slayer collectibles for the happy yeah. or just not just for me, but for everybody. Like everyone ordered like there's a new wave of Demon Slayer pops that came out and all these Demon Slayer figures by McFarlane. So people went stocking up on them, but nobody wants Demon Slayer stuff because the season's over and it's been over for so long. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend, if people get back into Demon Slayer. Cool, bro. Demon Slayer. You might want to take a look at it. Might be up your alley, my friend. Might uh, want to go ahead and check it out. 
it is Demon Slayer, so hopefully we'll see some good stuff next year uh, in the course of Demon Slayer. So there you go. Leave the world behind. Again, cool, bro. For me, it was like, eh, wasn't super bad, wasn't super good. It was just there. And again, for the actors, it just seemed like it was just a payday for them. They're just going through the motions and the, just that talent. You look at that talent. I know, cool, bro, you're, kid, you're young, but you look at that talent that's there for most of us that are at that age. And those are some of the finest actors of, of the 90s and 2000s. And I would have given them something more, but that's just me. Once again, it is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Josh Peterson and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. My friend, it was the Game Awards this past Thursday. I think a lot of people uh, got there were pleasantly surprised with all the reveals. Again, as I joked with Melinda, that it went from a series of, you know, in awards uh, as far as world premieres. And then for the commercials, they showed you more game trailers as the commercials, then getting you back into more game trailers, which I absolutely love. I would have liked to see more gameplay trailers, but we argue about that every single time, my friend. They all want to show you the in-game engine cutscenes, which looks so beautiful. But the one game that really stood out to me, well, maybe OD Overdose by Kojima and Jordan Peele, that's, you know, as a demo, as a tech demo, really stood out. But the one game that stood out to me is what I talked about with uh, Melinda Barkhouse Ross, and that is a game that you're very familiar with in a part two. Uh, tell me your thoughts, my friend, on what you saw with the Game Awards, and we'll go ahead and elaborate once you see, once you talk about it a little bit more. Uh, okay, so there's there's a few things that stuck out to me. I there's a lot that I don't didn't really care about, to be very honest, but. Um, you know, a couple things that stuck out to me. One, I was really bummed that, like, after how many years do we still not have a release date for Hellblade 2? That's what I was talking about. It looked fantastic, but it, it did take, give you it. It did give you a gen, generic 2024. I know, I know. I was I was expecting a release date, and that was uh, that was frustrating to get through the end of that trailer and not have a date put up there. Um, you know, of, of course, I'm excited about the Final Fantasy expansions and the God of War expansion. Um, couple couple games, though, that really did stick out to me. Uh, I love the idea of a new Mana game coming out. So we got Visions of Mana by Square, and that was a series. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The Mana games, definitely looking forward to, to, to that. So, yeah, as I lost you there for a second. But, yeah, definitely looking forward to that, my friend. I know Monster Hunter is coming out with a new game as well. Uh, I think, what are your thoughts on that as far as the Monster Hunter and Mana games coming out? Yeah, I know. I'm excited about the Mana games. Or, and, you know, I, I want to see more of it. And, again, like, I, I really enjoyed that entire series, Legend of Mana, um, Trials of Mana, things like that. The uh, Monster Hunter game looks cool. I've never actually gotten into that series before. Have you played any of those games? Uh, just for a little bit, I'm not huge into it, but as a co-op game, I think it could really strike well with audiences. The last one that came out was it January of 22. Don't hold it to me, but it came out early 22 or 23. Yeah, yeah it came out 22. 
the last gen consoles. Yeah, yeah. Monster Hunter World, I think, was that. No, but it's on it's on the Switch. Came out for the Switch. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Monster yeah. Hunter Stories or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That that one uh, did very well. Uh and uh, this is gonna be the sequel to that. So yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what they can do as a great co-op game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it as far as on the Switch, which sorely needs it, or whatever the new Switch will be at that point in time by the time it comes yeah. out. I understand your thoughts on Hellblade 2, but you got to admit, of any of the gameplay action, now the God of War DLC that they're dropping this week, that looked great, Valhalla, but the visuals, gameplay visuals, actual physical gameplay visuals, were stunning with Hellblade 2. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everything from like the skin tones to the, you know, my color palettes, the music, the soundtrack, like yes, it looked absolutely beautiful. It and and no doubt, like I I it's probably going to be an amazing game. I just hate that we've had to wait so long for it. But also, what did you think of the Rise of the Ronin trailer? Like that one looked pretty cool too. That one had some pretty neat visuals on it also. Uh, it did. It did. And I'm looking forward to seeing what, what that can do as well. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that game can be. But again, it's so early in development, so you don't know exactly when that's going to be something that's going to arise or if will it get delayed, like we see with so many of these other games, will it get delayed, delayed, delayed? Hell Belayed 2 was actually supposed to be a what a 22 release, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it was supposed to they're supposed to launch shortly after the Series X came out. Yeah, and it's been pushed back and it says just generic 2024. So we'll see if that you know holds weight. But the game that I think a lot of people were talking about, uh, we'll get back in overdose, is the fact that xbox studios and is, is coming out with something from the arcane and bethesda and that is a marvel game not named wolverine because that's being done by insomniac they're doing their own marvel game i don't know if it's an xbox game exclusive but they are doing their own game in blade yeah so i i've been i, I saw i saw that and i've been reading about it and i am cautiously optimistic but it's kind of a weird property for them to be taking on because their their worlds are not you know not they're they're big right they're big worlds yeah. and their blade scene is a very small world like the world that exists in those comic books so i'm just curious how that is going to look well we'll see what happens but yeah definitely looking forward to seeing what they can do if you were them, though, at Bethesda and Arcane, you don't have to make this multi-platform. You can just keep it PC and Xbox. I'm thinking because Spider-Man 2 was on just on PlayStation, uh, and also as well, Wolverine looks like it's only going to be a PS uh, PlayStation exclusive. I would try my darndest to ensure the Xbox public they get their own Marvel exclusive game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it would also serve as a good bargaining chip, <clears throat> you know, if ever they wanted to either cross over Blade with Spider-Man and Wolverine, or if they wanted to see a release of Spider-Man or Wolverine on the Xbox platforms. And so they'd be like, oh, hey, well, we'll let you, you know, if you 
let us put out uh if you port spider-man xbox you know we'll let we'll port blade to playstation once again it is the pop culture cosmos with josh peterson it's me gerald glassford thanks so much for watching listening truly appreciate it there were many other games that were released and again i love it because the fact is there are a tremendous amount of games still being developed one thing amazes me with all these new games getting re released it still amazes me that Fortnite is still getting a great share of the attention so many years after release so many years so uh, it's had its peaks and valleys in regards to its popularity at the highest of highs and not so highest of highs but lately they've seen a resurgence in enthusiasm in Fortnite. And upon that, they were now going to be releasing two different DLCs, a music adventure, uh, music rhythm type game, which they will be eventually adding rock band equipment capabilities to here in the not too distant future. And second of all, a racing type game within the confines of Fortnite. Your thoughts on this, because they are taking steps and taking notes from the GTA online format and creating a whole universe for a whole different variety of things outside of just the main Fortnite game. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that they have actually been very smart because they've been listening to consumer feedback. Like their Fortnite had a massive drop off this year from uh, people who had been with it for you know the first several seasons and saying, "Oh, this just isn't for me anymore." So then they they re-release the the basically what was a patch for the first season and p those players that dropped off came back and now they're looking at things that other games are doing like from what i understand this um the racing add-on is supposed to be like uh, their version of rocket league in a way so i you know or you know rocket league-esque so well, i think rocket you know, league that, is working with them in conjunction now that if i'm not mistaken. yes yes so that will definitely be something that pulls people in and then they release the they drop the lego expansion like that is awesome like that yes. it's a true um you know it has it's a true add-on like it's not just they're not just skins like it's an actual add-on for that world and from what i understand people really enjoyed that so they they've been smart they're making the right moves they've like i said they've been listening to consumers and i think that Fortnite is not as dead as people are saying it is it's not you know not that i'm interested in playing it but i do know a lot of people who do like it enough to to sit there and stick with it, and they have nothing but great things to say we have found the only 14 year old on the planet who had no idea what Fortnite is and I got to say, cool, bro. Kudos to you for 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 just saying, you know what? I don't have to follow the rest of the crowd out there. Did not give in to peer pressure there, and yes. good for you. Yes, absolutely, indeed. But it is Fortnite, though. You got to give it a lot of respect because they are doing things to create a community that is continuously going there, not just for the base game, but for the, as far as being able to go ahead and provide so many different things they provided concerts special events within the confines of the game engine itself and the game itself so yeah it's absolutely he, he's a rarity cool bro he reads instead of plays video games so there you go good but it you. is yeah absolutely good for you we have already josh and i our minds are already corrupted by too many decades <laughs> of video game playing but need i digress on that but it is Fortnite. check it out their new things being added to it as far as a like like josh said a lego adventure a music city rhythm 
game type deal as far as you know you be able to soon connect your rock band equipment Mary get out your old rock band guitar and drums get that out go ahead and hook it up you'll be able to play it on fortnite pretty soon and then also as well a racing game on fortnite as well so definitely looking forward to seeing that fortnite is still got a life a lot of life left and it's just basically going to be something that's going to be around for a long time to come your thoughts, though, on this, the Ori and the Blind Forest developer, Moon Studios, revealed a new game called No Rest for the Wicked. This is something that, again, comes from a company that visuals and the game, is, the, both the Ori's have, have really done very well with audiences, but this could really be something that takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, I watched the trailer, and it, it yeah, it looks cool. Um... I don't know, Ori, there's some, there's something very special about that game. So I I hope that they can recapture that magic. But a part of me wonders if when you're breaking off into a different type of game, is it going to be enough to get people to want, want to check it out? Or are people going to be expecting something else from you? You know, it's weird because this kind of relates. I just read a read an article, you know, that is an interview with Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park, and everyone's like, he said he doesn't do a lot of solo stuff anymore because everyone expects his his music to be like Lincoln Park. So I'm I think about the same thing with like game development. You have these people who get famous for making these games or get a lot of following for these types of games, and they go out and try to make something else, and it doesn't always pan out. Or people look at it and be like, oh man, this is not what I was hoping it would be. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Hello Games, the team behind No Man's Sky. They have finally announced a new game after basically re-envisioning No Man's Sky from the way it was very much poorly released and that historically bad release to where it end up as one of the best communities out there for the past five years. They have basically gone in a different direction now with their next game called Light No Fire, my friend. So tell us your thoughts on what Hello Games can do with a sequel, well, not a sequel per se, but its next game after No Man's Sky. Uh, that it actually looks really great, and I would hope that they had learned their lesson from the release of No Man's Sky, as you had said. It had, it has a historically troubled, um, had a historically troubled release. So hopefully they will learn their lesson, or they have learned their lesson, and this game comes out looking great, and it already does look great. So I'm, you know, it's definitely something I'm going to check out. I do want to ask you, um the sega announcements do you so i'm looking at that they're talking about the return of jet set radio and shinobi and golden axe streets of rage crazy taxi all these things that made them famous you know back during the genesis minus sonic minus sonic 
Yeah. But do you think, okay, do you think that they're going to be sticking to the, like with Sonic Mania, right? They stuck to, that was a, people really love that game. They stuck to the old 2D platformer uh, version of Sonic. Do you think that these re, these new versions of these games are going to be like the old ones? Or do you think they're going to make the jump into, uh, you know, modern gaming? So we're going to see like a totally playable uh, Grand Theft Auto-esque version of Streets of Rage and Golden Axe is going to be like a giant they're not, RPG. They're not going to be $500, $700 million productions, my friend. Sega is just not going to put the money out for it. Uh, I think I would love to see an Alpha Protocol uh, reboot, to be honest with you, of anything of in the Sega library. But be that as it may, of those five games, I think they will be re, re reimaginings of it. Sure. But they're not going to go as far as uh, you're like, oh, wow, this is going to take it to like a crazy taxi, huge open world per se. I don't think I don't think they're putting that much in resources to that specific one, especially if they have plans for all five of those titles to produce those and probably put them out in a shorter amount of time span between each other. I have a feeling that you're going to see a huge bump up from what you saw previously obviously but i still think it's not going to go to the lengths of where a completely reimagining would be yeah yeah i mean and you know grant i'm not expecting like a oblivion you know skyrim whatever type of thing but would it not be awesome to have a modern re or a reinvention of golden axe that like took you to a world that was a little bit bigger you know and you could play that with your friends like there's it's it's full on like a, a 3d world you know well, would i'm that sure it not will be, be awesome? yeah yeah it's not just going to be a side scrolling beat em up i think it's going to expand on that a little bit more how much more how much sega puts into it I have my doubts. I just have my doubts as far as going all the way. Like, let's say, uh, you know, making it into an adventure the size of an, an Oblivion first, or, you know, size of a Skyrim or an Elder Scrolls. I don't think it would go that far as far as that level, but I think you could see something very much in the middle between that and then what it was in its previous incarnation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope so. And, you know, I think about it too, like Sega is you know they make mainly like japanese style games so what what will these new iterations look like cuz they did take on the very, very like old arcade style uh, back mm -hmm. when they came out so are these new ones going to have a um you know an anime style animations or are they going to you know s take it in a different direction we'll have to see my friend but it is definitely looking like that is going to bring us something with these new Sega games on the way. Uh, one thing though, I want to ask, you know, as a Jurassic Park guy, did you care that the new Jurassic Park survival game is coming soon from Saber Interactive? Yeah, actually I did. And, and much like it's par for the course for Jurassic Park games. They did not show us any, uh, any gameplay for them. It's all just of video, course. but yeah, but I, I mean, I, I will give it a shot. You know, I do. I I've always enjoyed those Jurassic Park games. I I, I don't remember what the last one came, that was. Uh, the last one I played was the one that remember at E3 they talked about the Barbasol can being out there and the player went goes and finds it. Like that one was cool. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely not something I'm not interested in playing. Well, there you go. Uh, it's so funny though. One of the games that was announced is from, you know, new series, like for instance, the former, uh, Bioware uh, developers uh, have decided to go out and create their own studio. They're working with Matthew McConaughey for Exodus. Uh, another uh, game that's coming out here, probably it's going to be taking a while to develop, but uh, it was announced that some of the developers from the old Payday games, like Payday 1, 2, and 3, uh, called Ten Chambers, they're bringing out their own game called Den of Wolves. Uh, which is going to, instead of be a contemporary heist game, it's going to be a techno-thriller cooperative heist game, which is going to totally differentiate. But you know what? It's something they know to do. They know how to make heist games. So I'm interested to see what happens because Payday 3 came out to okay reviews. It still had a lot of issues, I know, upon startup, but it, it caters to a certain niche. caters a lot to the uh, you know Rainbow Six uh, you know, just basically those type of heist games, those type of uh, close quarter first person shooter type games. And I think that if this can go down with any kind of success near the payday universe and similar to it from their pedigree, sounds like we could get something good with Den of Wolves. Yeah, possibly. But also, you know, it goes back to our earlier point. Do you think people expect being like oh the mass effect guys are making their own thing do you think they're going to be expecting a a space or a science fiction epic i don't know if it gets to get that deep because you got to remember payday is not that deep either it's always you know what's the scenario you you scope it out you find out exactly where the weak points are and you try to go ahead and exploit it as far as best you can yeah without trying to set off too many alarms because then it's just a free-for-all from there uh, otherwise i think this is going to pretty much following that same pattern, but uh, maybe a little bit on a mo more futuristic sense, but we'll definitely see on that. But are there any more games that stood out to you? I know there was, you know, still, there's some cell shaded games that came out. I noticed cell shading is still a thing in 2023 and 2024, which I absolutely like. Uh, I think that there's some good stuff coming out. I'm just excited to see what that could be. Yeah, there. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, um, indie looking games that were somewhat interesting uh there's there's also a lot of there's also a lot of things announced that this is probably going to be the only like airtime they get and people will forget about them by the time they come out so and that that typically happens quite a bit let me ask you this though do you think that out of the game awards there's anything that's going to be like the next big franchise that is not already oh, that's so tough to say my friend i mean this has been a great year for video games from a critical standpoint you could say it's one of the best ever still not the best ever year for me i still think that's 2007 but that's another conversation for another day um i think that what it comes down to as jamie sweet is in the facebook baldur's gate 3 dominated I think Baldur's Gate is in, in that universe has now created such a large uh, universe in and of itself, as far as it's concerned, created such uh, good sales and also critical flavor. Alan Wake, we don't know how well number two did. You, that's visually a stunning game, but we're not sure if, if Alan Wake 2 did well financially. So we don't know if a universe can be created from that. It's very difficult to say, but I think there is more stuff on the way. Avowed, could be something that you know could be in that realm we'll have to wait and see because 
there there is some good studio power behind it and xbox help as well so if that's the case that you know that could be something to look forward to but we'll see we'll see if fable the reimagining of fable lights a fire and can actually get started the fable ip once again yeah i mean that that would be great uh, but it would be nice to see like a franchise come out of nowhere you know like something that is fresh um Sorry, Kuber, what is an SW action figure? I'm so sorry. Star Wars action figures. Oh, Star Wars. No, when I was a kid, I collected a lot. Like, my mom would actually take me to the store about, like, 6 o'clock, and she'd, like, had a list of all the ones I was missing, and she'd send me running it in Toys R Us to grab them. But, no, I haven't collected Star Wars. Right now, but I'm only doing... Pa- I do. Go to the site. I connected you right there. Happy Hoarders Collectibles right there dot com to there see what he's been collecting lately. Right, Josh? Yes. Yes, that is absolutely correct. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly in the power. I do a lot of Power Rangers from the 90s and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. The um, Game Awards had some cool stuff. And I think that as we get into 2024, we're going to get some more things. And I think that's hopefully by Christmas next year, we'll really see Xbox have ironed themselves out in a way that is going to be profitable for them and for for gamers. Before we head over to your pitch on and give everybody an update on what they need to check out at the happyhoardercollectibles.com, I need to make sure and let everybody know out there, the last thing I want to do is probably the most important thing is OD, overdose, from Hideo Kojima and of Jordan Peele collaborating on this. It's, it's an Xbox Studios game. Did not say officially that it was going to be just a Game Pass game, which I think is ridiculous. I think you just, just make it a Game Pass game to get everybody excited so that they'll buy an Xbox. Like, let's say, an Xbox Series X that's still $150 off its MSRP. But, you know, I digress. When it comes to it, you know, it, they should look towards that. But the tech demo for it, and the collaboration is going to be very interesting. Death Stranding may have not hit on all the right notes for people, even though that was this big, huge undertaking that was supposed to shape the gaming world forever, and it didn't actually end up doing it. OD, as far as a tech demo, looked pretty good. Your thoughts on OD before we head on out? Yeah, look, I mean, but most of uh, Hideo Kojima's uh, games look good in tech demos. You know, like you, you see... Death Stranding looked amazing in the tech demo. Where's the flying whales? Yeah, right, right. The game looked pretty good, too, in real life. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. His stuff's weird. (laughs) You know, so I don't really know what... Not to say I'm not going to check it out, because I did did enjoy my time with Death Stranding, but... You were a um, Kojima fan in the the beginning when I met you. Yeah, yeah, and I love, you know, I love his work with Silent Hill, but his games are it's hard to tell exactly like how you're going to feel about them until you play them even outside the my usual franchises like there's a there's a fair amount of things that i'm looking forward to so before we head on out my friend please give everyone an update on what you're providing them this holiday season at happyhordercollectibles.com definitely stop by the site at happyhordercollectibles.com i try to ship them the same exact day that you order them i keep shipping affordable so if that's something you're interested in stop by and if you go to that site before the 31st of this month and you use the code happy holidays 23 you'll get 10 percent off your entire order is that correct my friend 
That is correct. Use that code and you will get 10% off your order. Check it out today. HappyHorderCollectibles.com So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great